Michael Jordan and a few of these guys, Jay, they are throwing $100 bills into the air in this section basically what mostly dudes. I know we both picked up thousands of dollars in cash, <laughs> like from on the ground, they were falling on us. <laughs> so Michael Jordan made it rain on you. <laughs> How to beat the trap. Hey, peace family, you know what it is, we're back for another episode of How to Beat the Trap. And uh, I'm your host, Jay Morrison, and I'm sitting here with a phenomenal guest, um, all kinds of personality, all kinds of accolades, all kinds of inspiration, motivation, game, all that. Uh, Mr. Double D, 82%, Daniel <laughs> Dickey, King, is going to be sitting here with us. And um, as you guys know, um, How to Beat the Trap is about bringing on amazing overachievers, entrepreneurs, influencers who have defied and beat some of America's most infamous traps, right? The corner trap, the correctional trap, the culture trap, the corporate trap, and all them traps. And uh, King D, uh, the trap is defined as a program or system designed to entice mm -hmm. or entangle you, mm -hmm. but secretly for the benefit of another. Well, right. reel you in, right? Suck you in, right? But it's secretly for the benefit of these systems or programs. Extrapolate your sauce, all that for exploitation in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so, King, so guys, until so you know, um, King Daniel Dickey is uh, a brand, um, I mean, an award winning brand manager, uh, publicist, uh, singer, uh, overall swag, um, amazing black man, philanthropist, and all good things. Um, based out of here, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, from North Carolina. Yep. Um, born and raised, and um, he's our special guest today. So, King D, thank you for coming to the trap. Man, thank you for having me. I appreciate all that you bring to the world, and I think this is a fun iteration of Jay Morrison sharing himself. I like it. And you know, sharing the lot, sharing the logic, the mindset, my relationships, yes, exactly, resources, exactly, you know, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, shout out to you for that. Thank you, appreciate and I appreciate you, you appreciate having you. me. Absolutely, man. It's a pleasure. So, let's dive into this thing, man. So, the way okay. the trap works is this: like, kind of like if we were literally going into a trap, okay, and we see that it's a setup, right. We're going to bust a move and reverse out of, mm -hmm. out of that thing, right? Yeah. So the first thing we want to do is we want to reverse engineer, starting with who you are today. Who is the man, mm -hmm. Daniel Dickey, uh, obviously the CEO, founder of Resource Guild. But mm -hmm. I want you to just give them uh, who you are today, personally and professionally. And then we're going to reverse engineer into what was life like okay. Okay. For, for young Double D. Okay, gotcha. And, and, and what traps you faced, and we'll do some breakdowns. Okay. So, um, so I am a Renaissance man. I I uh, proudly own what that truly means, and which uh, means that you are uh, diversely capable, diversely accomplished, uh, and have a at least a baseline knowledge of quite a few fields and studies and things of that nature. And so, um, I get to express that through an agency uh, called the Resource Guild. It's a 360 degree brand management and strategy consulting agency. Um, I came out, out of the PR space because I felt like that space was a little too small, too minute mm -hmm. for what I bring to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah, shoulders the, yeah facts. It was, you know, it was like Shaq trying to get into one of these little minis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so, so I knew that wasn't gonna feel right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I got one leg out the window and I'm like, I can barely, yeah. So steering left-handed, I'm right-handed. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was too, it was too confining and it was too small. And I know that's one of the things that this country does. They they really want to pigeon us, hold us down the paths of mm -hmm. boxes. Uh, yes, exactly. This is your trade. This is what you're going to do forever. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is your gift. You're only a politician. Yeah, exactly. you're, you're an activist. Exactly. You're, you're a singer. All you got. Yeah. Exactly. And so just to be defiant to that, I think is obviously is a is a big key to be, to to beating the trap. Is because what they want to do, they want to prison your minds first mm -hmm. and make your mind small and think about small things. It's a mental trap. So, yes. And so, uh, so I'm a renaissance man. I do own a award-winning brand management and strategy consulting agency. In that space, I've been blessed to be a part of the launches of so many impactful 
peoples and the impactful campaigns. Uh, but then I am also a singer songwriter. I did go to college on vocal scholarship. I okay. did travel the world as a vocalist. Um, as a solo artist, I have been blessed to open for John Legend and Jagged Edge and Carl Thomas on 112 okay. and Ryan Leslie and all these artists. But then I'm also um, I'm a sports guy. I still love to play basketball. Okay. Um, 82 percent. Yeah, yeah, facts. It's a bucket. I will get a bucket. I don't look like I'm gonna be the guy, but I am the guy. And that's just a good thing for you to know about me in life. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't look like I'm going to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's the stealth bomber. Uh, yeah, I still, um, I play tennis. Um, I am an activist and a philanthropist. I consult with a lot of the top activists across the country, including, you know, this gentleman right here um, and a, a host of others. Uh, I um, am the chairman of the Young Professional Advisory Board for an organization here called Hosea Feed the Hungry and Homeless. Uh, that was birthed out of the civil rights uh, movement by civil rights icon Reverend Hosea Williams. Nice. Um, I get to do a program with this guy uh, called Big Brothers Anonymous, uh, where we impact young men um, who specifically need that impact to escape the trap from ages of 12 to 24. Um, Partner with the Obama Foundation. Yes, exactly. Be clear. Uh, my brother's keeper alliance. And I, again, it's, to me, it's, it's, and I also think even a part of my activism is, is to unapologetically be my whole self. Mm. You know, because wholeness is not mm, something. That's defined. Yeah, it is. It is. Walking in your real truth. Exactly. And that mm. just that wholeness is not something that will be that these systems. This trap will never teach you how to be whole. It'll teach you how to make money. It'll teach you how to do these singular things. But wholeness is something very different. Right. I, I was just thinking. So I, I'm, I got a few things for you. But one, I want to stop on that point. Because um, I was thinking like high school, mm -hmm. even college. There's courses and classes on everything. Mm -hmm. Even financial literacy is starting to be introduced. Yep. But self-care. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. Being whole. Yeah. Purpose. I mean, things that actually we all know matter in life. Mm -hmm. Like, we all figure that out. Exactly. But it's not taught in, but guess what? The trap. Exactly. They're still teaching you about Christopher Columbus. And, for, and <laughs> photosynthesis. Yeah, exactly. So that, not that's, how you could be your best whole self. Exactly. And, and then the thing is, unfortunately, that in itself was something that our parents didn't really even know how to teach that. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't, it was like, you know, because our, our moms have a full access to all of the feminine wiles and mm. can teach you how to serve and do all those kinds of things. And dad can teach you how to work hard. You know what I'm Be saying? Masculine. Like, yes, discipline, mm. all that kind of stuff like that. But we are, are all, wholeness for people is understanding how to balance your masculine and your feminine energy, your, your yin and your yang, mm. your dark and your light. And so that you'll never learn. Wow, that's interesting. And mind you, so who does that benefit, family, right? Yeah. If we all go through school, we learn these complex things like trigonometry right. and geometry. Super and, pointless. Right, all these things, but we're not even learning how to, how to be our best selves. Yeah. Walk into our full purpose, to, like, to be healed, to be balanced. Mm -hmm. We're not learning that. Exactly. Because the system, the school system literally yeah. was designed, um, I think it was, I wanna say Roosevelt, one of our presidents, mm -hmm. Um, per perpetuate the school system just to build an industrial class. Exactly. Let's teach them just enough to do the work that we want them to do. Exactly. To essentially still be the slaves to that benefit another. Yes. Yeah. It's a, the the modern iterations and perpetuations of slavery. Right. So the school system we thought was about us, right? Entice and entangle us. Guys, we got education for you. It's free. Right. Have your kids go to school. Right. Yeah. They want your kids to go to school. So they can so install a program in your hard drive that so they could be the next them. working class, but mm -hmm. so you don't gotta be at home watching the kids so you could be our current working class yes. while we groom your kids to be the next working class. Right, and then we pollute the wells through our media and we make a bunch of stupid people famous. And so now, <laughs> so we make a bunch of stupid people famous and now we've literally polluted generations of mindsets. Mm. It's like when, you, like when we went from having like actual high achieving people as our celebrities, you right, know what I'm saying, to right. now heroes. Yes. And now it's the lower tier. Oh, okay, you 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 dug in your nose and rubbed it on your teacher's lip. You're a star. Right. You know what I'm right, right. <laughs> like, like, you're viral. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're the guy. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So <laughs> he's really cracking himself up here. Right. Look, I mean it just came hypothetically, but look, that'd be the kind of stuff the the wildness of going viral. You dug in your nose and rubbed it on your teacher's lip and now you're Three million views, and right. now you're lit. Ellen DeGeneres wants to talk to you on her Insta show. It's the famous, right? Right. <laughs> right. All, all kids be like that. Right. Right. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, and also, you were talking about a lot of your skill sets. So I'm gonna go back to the Renaissance man. Okay. So, 
um, very uh, intricate, underly, underutilized term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, break down what that means. And you talked a little bit about it, but mm -hmm. I want you to kind of unpack that some more for us. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what's the renaissance, man? I mean, like, when, 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 I'm, when I'm able to, and which I don't really do, because a lot of times people meet me in a certain context, and I'll just stay in that context with them. It's like, okay, you heard I was the plug. Okay, cool. Let's talk about what kind of plugs you can afford to Are you access. a plug plug? Yeah, what kind yeah, of plug are you? I mean, We're in a trap now. What kind of plug I are mean, you? <laughs> I'm the plug of plugs. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I've, I've really been able, been able to monetize being connected. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And those connections are across the gambit you know okay. what i'm saying like you know so somebody could get found missing you know what i'm saying like somebody could come up missing or you know what i'm saying we can... <laughs> Look, you know it was i like, say nothing right it's like but you know so when i i like i enjoyed like i enjoyed the secret agent movies mm -hmm. growing up so you know those are people who had you know they had access to a lot of different information technology and their team was full of all of those people that solved those immediate problems yeah, but then also you know the guy that was ahead of the team kind of had a knowledge of all of those things yeah you know and so i enjoyed that um i enjoyed the point guard position in basketball you know someone who definitely kind of had a control of the offense and the defense that could make sure everyone was in their uh, positions uh to win um i growing up i'm from a family of of actors and preachers and singers and civil rights activists and educators so when I looked at it, it wasn't me necessarily trying to be a renaissance man. It was the fact that I That's did who play. I am. Yeah, exactly. I did play soccer. I did play basketball. I did right. play baseball. I did sing in choir. I did win the spelling right. bee. I did uh, have art featured uh, at the state level as a kid. So it was just, it wasn't like a path that I pursued. It was just when I looked at what that meant and I looked at my life, it was like, oh, I'm super that. Right, right. So so how have you been able to, because like a lot of times I think that people like, I know for me, I remember being in high school, ninth grade, and someone um, had mentioned like the valedictorian, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, yo, I want to do that. Right. I, was, I was a really good writer. Uh -huh. And then my boys I hung around in the trap. Right. I was like, man, you want to do that corny Exactly. Excuse me. Oops. Boop. Right. You want to do that corny stuff. Right, right, right. Right. And so I literally deflated my dream. Like, yo, I'm not gonna write because my boys said that was corny. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would dumb down yeah. some of my renaissance, some of exactly. my, my diversity of, of mm -hmm. skills. Right. I'm more than just a hood dude. I'm a right. hood dude. Right, right, right. Right. However, but however, comma, comma right. Yeah. yeah. I, I can write. Exactly. Right. Oh, and these other things. Right. So you know, I'm more than just a basketball player. Yeah. Right? I, I can play tennis. Exactly. Right. So. How have you been able to kind of, have you always had that level of confidence in growing up? Is that something you found more in adulthood? Um, how are you able to kind of, kind of have that and when did it start? Um, honestly, I really feel like when I turned 12, bro, I, it just, it was, it was like something kind of really switched in me at 12. Mm. And it, it was, I think it was one of the first switches of that un unapologetic aspect. Uh, because it was, you know, at 12, you know, you're trying to figure it out. You know, but you're also trying to get girls. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, it was like, so, you know, the drama class is definitely where girls were going to be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the music was definitely where girls were going to be. I mean, there was football, but I was just going to be a bunch of stink dudes. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get girls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> After like, practice. Right, exactly. You know, and so it was like, and so understanding that, but then also understanding that I was gifted in those things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I was never the best at any of the things but I was dope at everything and it was very effortless. Like I was just mm. effortlessly dope at a lot of things. So you were okay walking in your gifts that may have not been the most popular gifts yeah. for right. the and, crowd. Right, and then at 12 also, my oldest brother, he, um, my oldest brother, he's as a singer, he's open for Luther Vandross. Uh, he's recorded with Shirley Caesar and John P. Key and all these artists. So I knew that was in front of me, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And so, uh, and then my uh, middle brother, he was definitely, he was always really good in athletics. And then he was like the, he was like the fashion icon of my, of my siblings. And so I knew he had the fashion thing. So I kind of got to glean, you know, pieces of what they had going on. Gotcha. Uh, but then also just that understanding, watching my dad. My dad was a DJ. My dad's, uh, he definitely has bought the block a couple of times over again. Um, he's the property manager. He's cut, he's cutting the grass. Well, he's having us do all those things. Right. Uh, and all those things. But he was also, he also played tennis. He was also a Q. 
He's also a Mason. Mm. And so I really got to see that a licensed funeral director, licensed insurance uh, guy. Your dad was a yeah, rena yeah, the original yeah, Renaissance yeah, man. Exactly. And so it was like, so understanding that, and, and then just to, to us as a people, we don't come from simple people. We don't come mm, from people who, who did anything simply. Like when we were creating science and math and agriculture and music and fashion, right. these people were already mothers and fathers and pillars in their community, healers, more closely interwoven and connected to each other. So it was like, we have to, we're having to unlearn. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? And embrace who we truly are as right. Renaissance people. Right, right. And embrace our, our multifaceted yes. gifts and, 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 and walks of life, all that. And I think a lot of times for us, we get trapped in that because we're thinking about monetizing everything. Right. But you know what I'm saying? If you like to draw, maybe you should just draw because it brings you peace. It brings you balance. It helps you express yourself. Maybe you never get paid for that. Right. But you should still do that. And I think that's now if we're just thinking money, 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 and that's a trap also because right. the root of all evil can't be the your pursuit in every in all your days and all your ways. Absolutely. So okay, I wanna I wanna dive into some more of that mm -hmm. and some more of the upbringing side. Mm -hmm. I, I love to hear that. But I got a trap challenge for you. Okay. Trap all challenge. Right. First I haven't done a trap challenge yet, but okay. but, but this is gonna be gonna kick something off. The for inaugural you. Trap, trap challenge, challenge right. ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, trap challenge. Okay. All right. So so who'd you open up for? You said on the singing tip. Uh, John Legend, Jagged Edge, Carl Thomas, uh, Lloyd. Just yeah, some, some high level R and B dudes. You know right, what I'm okay. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm, so, so, I'm an R and B dude. All right. So some yeah. singers, some singers. All yeah. right. So trap challenge. You gotta hit a note. You gotta bust a note. Mm. Yeah. Well, trap challenge. So you need uh, to hear something. Who are some of your favorite male vocalists ever? Keith Sweat. Okay. That's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, who else do I like male vocalists? Uh, I can't say the other guy. He, he's, he's, he's canceled. Okay, yeah, we got to keep moving. <laughs> um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Jada, give me somebody. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm, I'm down with Luther. I'm down with uh, okay. uh, current day. I, I like a John Legend. Um, okay. I like a Jaheem. Okay. I, I, I like a Jaheem Jersey guy. What up, yes, Jersey? exactly. Jaheem yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, who else? Uh, I, I like I like a 112. Q Parker, what up? You yeah. Know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. All right. Okay. I got a couple things I can pull from here. Um, let's go with. Okay. Wherever you're comfortable. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm comfortable. You know what I'm saying? I'm comfortable in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm comfortable here. Earth. Comfortable in the trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable. Yes. It's like every. You got to figure. You know, I think life is about figuring it out. For us, and yes. as, as long as as long as we are able to keep our minds on figuring it out, we'll be in better position to beat the trap. All right. Yeah. So um, figure it out. All What's right. Up? So let's go with. Um, Girl, I'm in love with you, and this ain't the honeymoon. I'm past the infatuation phase. I'm right in the thick of love, and at times we get sick of love, and it seems like we argue every day. I know I misbehave, and you make mistakes. We both still got room left to grow. And though love sometimes hurts, I still put you first. And we'll make this thing work. I just think we should take it slow. We're just ordinary people. We don't know which way to go. Because we're ordinary people. Maybe we should take it slow. Take it slow. Oh, oh. This time we take it slow. Y'all heard me in there. Y'all heard yes! me in there. Do what for me? <laughs> Live from the trap. <laughs> Yeah, we R and B dudes. Yeah, you know exactly. Saying? You know what you I'm know saying? What Rhythm saying? and blues. Ernestine Marsh, you got an R and B dude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Awesome. On the spot, no warm up, no kick, 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 kick. Right. None yeah, of that. There was no key. There was no water. I didn't even clear my throat. None which of that. is actually not something you're supposed to do as a vocalist right before you sing. You're not actually not supposed to bring up phlegm and stuff like that. You're supposed to swallow. Hmm. Interesting. See. Yeah. yeah. Trap gems. Pro, pro, pro tips. You know what I'm <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Peace, family. It's Jay Morrison, and I want to invite you to make history with me by joining the waiting list for this first of a kind video textbook. That's right, an interactive video textbook experience that will allow you to learn real estate in seven different ways. This book was designed by me to help you become a real estate power player in real life. 
All you gotta do is join the waiting list right now and I'm gonna give you a free 20 minute mini lesson plus business plan and workbook to allow you to begin your journey in real estate and learn how to become a real estate entrepreneur. Guys, I started 20 years ago. This is my 20th year victory lap in the real estate industry. I started as a loan officer at 21 years old, making a lowly 30% commission. And now I've worked my way to become an international fund manager of the largest black-owned real estate crowd fund in the history of America. Guys, I want to give you the game and show you and teach you real estate in seven different learning styles through this interactive, first-of-its-kind video textbook. Join the waiting list today. Awesome. All right. So, were you the youngest of these brothers and siblings? Uh, yeah, so I have two older brothers and one little sister. Okay, so you're like in the middle yeah, somewhere there. baby boy. Okay, baby boy. Mm -hmm. um, grew up in North Carolina. Tell us about your upbringing and what that was like. We seen your dad was getting busy and mm -hmm. your family was active. What was mm -hmm. that like for you growing up? Well, so I think I was, I'm very and Hold on, excuse me. By the way, amazing job, though. Oh, amazing okay. job. This is going this to do some numbers. Yeah, okay, right. you're so, taking that clip yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. You know, the duet with, you know, yeah. you know Jay Morrison. You know, I couldn't yeah. help it. I just feel like, you know, I feel like I was in church in the choir and I was just <laughs> sitting here, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so so, so that was definitely a part of my upbringing. My, um, I'm actually the namesake of my two grandfathers. Okay. Um, and so uh, Daniel was uh, one of the first black doctors in Wilmington, North Carolina, where I'm from. Uh, he was the plaintiff, co-plaintiff in the litigation that integrated the hospitals wow. in Wilmington, North Carolina, and the education system in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, he was also the first black man to run for office in Wilmington, North Carolina. Wow. Uh, and he was coincidentally the doctor who brought me into the world. So on my birth certificate is my grandfather's name. Wow. Um, and so then my other grandfather. So Daniel delivered Daniel? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I like um, it. Yes. Yeah, so it was a Daniel delivery of a Daniel. Um, and so um, and so then I got my middle name from my other grandfather, and he is still alive, and he's the second longest tenured reverend in the history of the First Missionary Baptist Church. And wow. so both of my grandfathers have their names on buildings. They both um, have, you know, my grandfathers have named letters from presidents and honorary doctorates and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, and so church was definitely very much a vital uh, key cog for us. We grew up singing in a choir um, in our hometown that was all the talk of the town because there was a hundred black voices in Wilmington and Wilmington Sheesh. is 75% white. And so a uh, bl hundred black people doing anything, uh, most especially when it made some noise, yeah, literally. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, so that was definitely a part of my upbringing. My oldest brother, the one who opened for Luther Vandross and stuff, he, my church was giving him all the solos. <laughs> So that's how I really got into R&B. It was like, yo, let me find something else to do because, you know what I'm saying, they got, yeah, they, <laughs> I can't win. Yeah, I can't win. And so, and so, uh, so that was really kind of what nurtured my love for R&B. Uh, again, I grew up definitely playing sports. Um, all of my schools were all predominantly white. Um, so that was definitely a part of my experience. I was definitely the, you know, as a kid, I was definitely the, uh, you talk like a white boy from all the little bad brown chicks that I was checking for. Right. They was, uh, you talk like a white boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, super in my DMs. But, you know what I'm saying? But, right. and so at that point, it was definitely that. I was a class clown. Uh, and really, when I look back even now, when I think about all the elements of leadership that I've been a part of now, um, as a kid, that was looking back and thinking about how my teachers, because I was definitely the class clown. I was a kid that was doing my work before the rest of the kids in school, in the class, and then I was throwing spitballs at them. Right. Uh, I was that kid. I was the kid that um, the teachers would, my friend's parents knew who I was because the teachers would tell their parents, like, listen, your son is actually not the actual problem. It's really this kid named Daniel Dickey. <laughs> but Daniel Dickey's got an A in the class. So right. it's like, so I would have an A, and then a U, like the worst conduct, but the highest grade. So I was that kind of kid growing up. Um, I was a person who, and still now, leaders have always taken some level of affection to me. Um, and so just in all my chapters of life, it's always been leaders that have been like, hey, kid, like I want to make sure I spend some time with you. I want to make sure you spend some time with me. Um, so even as a kid, that was that. Like I definitely started some of my first philanthropic endeavors at 12. Wow. You know, and I was in soup kitchens, uh, making food and serving food to the less fortunate. Uh, we would go out and winterize the houses of senior citizens where we'd go and put, you know. Did someone the, make you do that as a task? Like, no, what, what, uh, uh, no. It was uh, one of my first, uh, one of my most impactful mentors even now. His name's Kenny House, mm -hmm. Jewish guy. And um, he was very, very um, intrigued by Christian community development and being the part of the faith-based 
community that actually does the stuff. Right. You know, the work. Like, yeah, exactly. That actually does the work. And so that was my exposure. And so I got so much joy from helping others and serving mm -hmm. others. Um, and at this point now, I know that there's no way you can unlock purpose if you aren't thinking about serving others. Absolutely. All right, cool. So let's fast forward through high school. Okay. You played ball, did those things. Did you go to college? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I went to college on vocal scholarship. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so I started off majoring in business administration because uh, I knew I was trying to get to the BI. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And But I went to a, a HBCU and my professors were uh, Indian and African. Um, and sometimes you can't really understand what they really super duper talking about for real, for mm -hmm. real. Um, and the kids that were majoring in mass comm at my school were always coming to me to, to help them with their projects. They would just want me to laugh. Like, hey, Dickie, if you could just laugh for 30 seconds. Or, hey, Dickie, do that thing where you do. Or, and they were just <laughs> watching me, apparently, just being my regular self right. and deciding that that was content that they could use to get grades. And so I was like, hold on, you're getting a grade for this? And it was me joining somebody, and I'm like, oh, okay, got it. And so that intrigued me to major in mass comm. Um, I wrote a press release to get my choir featured in the Charlotte Observer, and that was kind of what kind of lit the kind of the PR bug as mm. a part of it. Uh, so I wrote that press release, and our choir got featured in the Charlotte Observer, and the president of my school was super like, who's this young man who, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so, because, you know, you know, obviously, I, so, you, so at that point I learned that leaders love some good PR. Right. And so I uh, then I went to I interned at the ABC, the local ABC News affiliate. I interned on a set of the movie Shallow How um, and a few of those things in school. And it just kind of was just like because my mission even now and still is to figure out how to get paid to just be myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like not That's to a bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, a bar. like how do you get paid to just be you like what you naturally bring to a moment be valuable? You know what I'm saying? And so that was kind of my mission. Um, and I feel, feel like I figured that out. All right, so so leaving out of, out of college, right? So you were able to get a scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, yep, to sing. Didn't take on too many student loans. No. Mm -mm. Awesome. And you were able to leverage that, what some find to be the college trap for mm -hmm. them, you were able to leverage that to propel yourself mm -hmm. and find purpose and find exactly. some new skills and gifts, right? Mm -hmm. um, experiences. Now, leaving out of college, did you enter corporate America? Did you go get a job? Did you start entrepreneurship? So, How, how'd that go? So, yeah, so I, my first year out of college, I kind of took a sabbatical of sorts where I took a very insignificant, very trivial job working at TJ Maxx in customer service. Okay. Uh, and so I did TJ Maxx for that first year. But during that year, I had an issue with my bank account. And I went in to talk to the branch manager about the issue with my bank account. And in that conversation, the branch manager offered me a job at the bank. Interesting. Right. It was really interesting because um, I wasn't thinking about working at a bank. I wasn't thinking about banking. I wasn't thinking I was going to be getting a job offer. But it's that favor and how leaders just have always taken, have seen something in me that they were wanted to nurture. And so I'm, and I wasn't obviously, I wasn't, you know, standing on the desk like you're gonna give me my overdraft fees back or anything like right, that. Right, I was, right. I was myself. And um, I, so he offered me a job. And I told him in that moment, like, yo, I'm not even looking for a job right now. I'm in my sabbatical year because my school was going through that accreditation process. And so in my senior year, the first semester of my senior year, my, my school let go of all of my teachers. Mm. And so I'm just in school, you know what I'm saying, singing and barely even being able to go to class. So I was very much like, I'm going to chill for a second. And so I was in the middle of chilling. And the branch manager offered me the job. And I was like, I'm not going to be looking for a job until really around August. And that might have been like April. I didn't think anything more of it. But, Jay, August happened. And it was one of those. I looked at my bank account like, yo, this, you know, this $200 check from TJ Maxx ain't really kind of where I'm feeling I need to be now because I'm ready to make some more adult moves now. Right. And sure enough, just the assistant branch manager called me and was like, hey, Mr. B, uh, put notes in here for me to call you in August. Wow. So he was so intrigued by me that he put notes in their system to call me in August. And I started there. And so I made, started making like 35000 um, And um, I ended up becoming employee of the year at that bank. Wow. Gotcha. All right. So you entered the corporate trap. Yeah, exactly. Entered right, the corporate right. trap. Did you have aspirations at that time to... Um be an entrepreneur, own your own business, anything. Right now, it was just survive, work, just enjoy mm -hmm. life. Like, what, what, was, what was your mindset at that point? So my mom has always been an entrepreneur, a uh, serial entrepreneur. She's, um, so in fact, my first business that I was ever a part of was owning a flower shop with my mom. 
But my mom owned the the, the convenience store uh, in an area called Seabreeze in North Carolina in Wilmington. Um, and so she, my mom has always been that entrepreneur. But she's also been like, she's, you know, it's, there's a, it's whatever kind of energy too also. <laughs> you know, because my dad has always been a breadwinner. Right. You know, and so, uh, and then my dad, of course, you know, owning properties and doing a lot of those things, those are all entrepreneurial. And, Correct. you know, we, being an insurance agent, you know, and so that was very native to, to me, you know, seeing entrepreneurship, but it wasn't really anything I was thinking about. Like right. I was never thinking about that. It was really just, how do you get paid to be yourself? Mm. You know? And so I was able to kind of find a rhythm in that, you know, through helping my brothers and sisters shine, you know, you know, the, that's the, you know, the PR deliverable was that like putting them on the news and all that kind of stuff like that. And seeing how the president of my college responded to being on the news, seeing when I was an intern reporter, seeing the emotional aspect of people of color, maybe for the first time ever being able to share their stories on ABC or, or through a, a major magazine or a major newspaper and us being the most unsung people in the country, um, that felt like a calling to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it was something I was really passionate about. But then going into the space that I went into as an entrepreneur was the understanding that everybody's not ready for PR. You know what? So instead of PR, let's actually get a fresh coat of paint here. <laughs> let's go ahead and actually get Ratchet Regina from your front desk who's putting a dark cloud over everybody who comes into your business. You know, let's get rid of the rats and roaches. Like, let's do these things before we turn the lights on. Let's make sure your logo's popping, your website's popping. And so that's how I kind of came into innovating the space with creating a 360-degree brand management and strategy consulting agency. Awesome. So it seems like uh, kind of PR was like, a, uh, and then into brand management was like mm -hmm. an intersection of just you being you, mm -hmm. um, using your gifts, that, that philanthropic service mm -hmm. perspective. So it's like leading, being a servant leader, mm -hmm. also being a big personality, all mm -hmm. those different things all, all wrapped in one. Right, and then also having leaders always see something in me and obviously me obviously bringing something to them. And so right. that put me in a fair position. Exchange. Yeah, exactly. In the trap we call that fair exchange, no robbery. Yes, exactly, and fair exchanges will never be robbery. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was, and so then understanding that leaders, you know what I'm saying, need guidance also. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's like, you know, you can't, as a leader, you can't think of all the things. Right, need counsel, you know I mean? need yeah, advisors. Exactly, and so um, understanding that that was something that leaders had sought after me for, for a long time, and again, it was just me just being paid to be myself. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, guys, we're going into this part we call the trap analysis, right? Okay. So as I, as I look at what you expressed to me about your, your life, uh, your upbringing, where you are today, it seems like because of the uh, environment that you had, mom, mm -hmm. pops, mm -hmm. brothers, right, family, mm -hmm. church, mm -hmm. which is actually really good for us to all take away from as we build our families and our legacies, mm -hmm. right, um, that you were able to uh, uh, avoid, maneuver, even leverage what would be the corporate trap for some, mm -hmm. what would be the college trap for some. Mm -hmm. um, you were able to go serve and build, build the community as opposed to go stand on a corner and destroy mm -hmm. the community um, and get caught in the corner trap, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, also really find your space in being you and not really, and I think that individualism has allowed you to kind of balance being stuck in the culture trap. Mm -hmm. See, the culture trap is really a lot of times we're chasing a trend mm -hmm. and we're tracing like images of others that we want to achieve. So exactly. I, I want you to see you know, that I look like such and such, I drive with such and such drive, exactly. I sound like such and such. It seems like whether it was the individualism of you being, you know, one of the few blacks in your school, mm -hmm. having to be an individual and stand mm -hmm. out there or at home uh, versus your brother in church mm -hmm. or whatever. That right. you, that you've Getting always, all the solos. Right. <laughs> that you've always found your path to stand out mm -hmm. and it's allowed you to really um, beat, avoid, or circumvent a lot of these traps many of us get sucked into. Agreed. Yeah. I, th I think, I know for myself and a lot of the guests that we have, I mean, a lot of mentees that I, I mentor throughout the country, I know a lot of us through uh, insecurities mm -hmm. really get sucked into a lot of these traps because some people go to college and they don't even want to go to college. Right. They just do it because their family or yeah. others says what I'm supposed, supposed to be supposed doing to do. exactly. or my peers are going, so I'm going to go. So like you're not even standing on your, your mm -hmm. true self, your true balance, right. what you really want to do. Some folks will get a job, but they really want to be an entrepreneur because mm -hmm. they're scared to stand on their individualism, yep. right? And so I think that if we can stay rooted and, and find some sense of, um, as you have, some sense of self, a strong sense of self-confidence, mm -hmm. it would allow us to really move in a way where 
we're moving on our own path, but not a path that someone else or a system has designed for us, mm -hmm. right, and to take advantage of us. So I think that you're a, a, an amazing example of the kind of mentality, um, kind of ideology and just intangibles mm -hmm. that we all can pull from if we want to avoid and beat yeah. these traps. Agreed, and I'm, and I'm here to share them, like, cause it's like even just my Atlanta experience. Like I moved to Atlanta in May of 2007, and by July of that same year, I kind of feel like I got the keys to the city. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, me and my homeboy T.R. Brooks, shout out to Dr. T.R. Brooks, Reverend Dr. T.R. Brooks. Uh, um, and so we, we were here and we met some girls at a pizza place, you know, and they invited us to this party. And they were like, yo, y'all gotta go get dressed for this one. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I learned how to tie a bow tie for the first time for this party. Right. And so we get there and they like, yo, your names is not on the list. Mind you, Jay, we are watching Andre 3000. It's 2007. We're watching Andre 3000, Big Boy, Chingy, Ludacris, Bobby Valentino, like all of the, the, the record label executives, all the media, they all come in and go into this party. Monica, everybody was at this party. And so we're watching them all go in. And meanwhile, we at the door getting deaded. Mm. Like, yo, hold on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I ain't it. Yeah, y'all not it. Excuse me, fam. Yo, step to the side, you know, over the tired Falcon linebacker at the door telling you to move out the way. And so, um, and so that was that, that was a moment, you know, and that's a, another pro tip. Okay. And um, so I went back, you know, asked asked the security dude, I was like, yo, so we invited, we got invited by these two chicks. So we asked the, you know, asked the security about whether the two chicks was on the list. They like, nah, they not on the list. And I'm like, yo, big bro, listen, you know what I'm saying? Just moved here from NC. You see we dripped, you know what I'm saying? Oh, drip, we wasn't using the word drip there, I'll dip. You, you see we dip, right. you know what I'm saying? We had, the, we had the R now. Yeah, right, exactly, we had an R. You see we dipped, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's gotta be something you could do, you know what I'm saying? We, we're not here to cause no trouble, we're not here to call, we're not here to bother nobody. And he was like, yo, we'll step to the side real quick one more time. And so, you know, the, a bunch of lit, bunch of litties walked in, and then he was like, yo, playboy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Called us over and led us into this party. And Jay, even now, and at this point I produced, I've launched, I was a part of the launching of Duce in Atlanta and several Ciroc's in Atlanta and a lot of those things. But even now I can count on my two hands the times I've been to a actual open bar event. Mm. Like the bar is open. Not we got Bacardi for you or we got right, right, unlimited right. Hennessy. A drink open, yeah, open yeah. drink. Like you decided you wanted Ace of Spade, you could order some Ace of Spade and they would crack open a bottle and pour you a glass. It was that type of energy. And it was very intimate, small room. And because we were in this room, all of the people Gotta be give, somebody. Yes, exactly. You gotta be somebody. And because you gotta be somebody, everybody was giving us their contact information. Mm. And so now I'm in a space where these are the contacts that these major brands media everyone wants to be in touch with these people that i have their first name last name cell phone email address i have those connections mm. you want to pay me to connect with those people i can make that money mm. and so that was kind of that that was that but what i learned is is that the gatekeepers everyone wants to network with the celebrity you know but it's that security guard you know yeah. what i'm saying it's that it's that assistant it's that person who's who can really run a play for you Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you could try to be getting, you could get, try to reach Usher all the time, but Usher's assistant is readily available to answer the phone and can speak on that person's behalf. Right. And so just kind of learning how to treat everybody like they're a star. And advocate for you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, to, you know, so to treat the lay people like stars and it's just created, excuse me, it's created a level of favor now where I show up to places and, you know, the Red Sea gets parted and I'm, Quite sure some of these people who part the Red Sea for me don't know my name. Right. Like, yo, I don't know who bro is, but I know bro is the guy, so let me go in and make this happen for him. And so. Yeah, that's really a tip, man, for those who are looking to excel in any career. Um, I call them filter sources, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. In, in real estate and in business. A lot of times we're always aiming for the key person. Right. And there's people right there that could filter you, mm -hmm. the relationship, filter you, the business. And it's just about you, um, you know, building organic relationships. Right. right? It Tre is. Treating people well. Um, a lot of times, you know, we like to snub people and yeah, people are looking like, for move out the way the, to help, the, 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 the big followers mm -hmm. and the blue check and that, and mm -hmm. that instant gives you credibility, right, and, and all that. Right. When there's someone that may have less followers and, and not be quote unquote verified. And be more impactful. Uh, yeah, be more impactful. Way yeah. more impactful. Yep. So that's just something you guys to consider um, as, as you're moving, maneuvering through life. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this trap transition. Okay. So you were 
momentarily you went to TJ Maxx, you yep. were in the bank, mm-hmm. and and you could have been boxed into the corporate world, like yep. yo, big check, you know, accolades, mm-hmm. raise, right. right, promotions, all mm-hmm. that. So what was it, the defining moment that was like, you know what? Uh, whether it was the bank or any other part of your your corporate uh, uh, stint of career that said, you know what, I'm out. I see that I have real traction, real legs, and an opportunity to to do my own thing. So it, I guess it goes back to that wholeness, you know. Like I definitely grew up in a two parent home, but my dad was a black dad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a black dad. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, there's a there's a you know an element to that that <laughs> we gotta we gotta rebrand black yeah, dads. Yeah, we do. Man. We have to rebrand black dads, but we have to rebrand them through the work. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, because right. Um, because my Not dad because we was, want to. Yes, right. because my dad was absolutely a provider. My dad was absolutely a disciplinarian. My dad absolutely was a man of integrity and of respect. He was respected when people knew that my dad was my dad. I mean, I look like him. He's you know a, a shorter, equally as cute version of me with more gray hair. And so um and so it was so it was like oh you 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 Glenn son you Dicky son and that was a I noticed that that people treated me with more respect at the point that they knew that. Um, so my dad definitely did all those things, but my dad wasn't a nurturer. It was never a, you know, come, come sit beside me, son. And right. let me tell you, a, you know, about the time I struggled with right, women right. or any of that kind of let stuff. Let me get like vulnerable that. with yeah, you. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. and so, you, so I didn't get that from him, but I knew me as an empathic intuitive kid, I knew that I needed that, mm. you know? And so, um, and so that put, that was, so our relationship was distant in that way because that was the way that I wanted to connect right. and that wasn't a way that he necessarily he knew how to connect. yeah exactly and so um so I when I graduated college it was a part of that sabbatical and taking that time that year was me having something ignited in me through church and through my uh college ministers and stuff like that to work on that relationship with my dad mm. so that's really why I came back to my hometown to do anything it was really just to be in a better place with him because Everyone, everyone who knows my dad respects and loves him and looks at him as this extraordinary person. But I'm like, you know, I barely know this guy. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, and right. you know, and he's my Thanks dad. For the food, but. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it was me working, me working through that. And once I felt a, a level of comfort and a new level of relation with my dad, I knew that it was time for me to leave my hometown because my hometown, I knew. I was that my was already my head was like if I leaned to the left I would hit that my head on the ceiling. Right. And so moving to Atlanta was a big aha moment for me. Uh, it was because it was a decision I had to make between New York, Los Angeles, and Atlanta. I knew I needed to be somewhere popping because I knew I was popping. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it was like how I need to go somewhere. And New York is a little too grimy for me. You know what I'm saying? Like just you know that New York's the kind of place you got to wear a metal plate on your back to make sure when they try to stab you it ain't gonna go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and or a phone book. It's yeah, all good. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, got it, got it. Thank, thank you. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then uh, LA is so far from anything I've ever known, loved, or cared about. Um, and so Atlanta really was a big aha moment for me because it gave me the space. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I knew I needed more latitude and longitude for my personality, for my gifts, for my being. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also got I got to keep Southern hospitality. You know, I got to order a tea and know it was going to be sweet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not like in Texas. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. So that was that was a big aha moment. Moving to Atlanta and knowing kind of where I knew, I already knew that I was trying to figure out how to get paid to be myself. Um, and then, of course, you know, going to that event in July of my first year and getting like literally all the plugs, all the real movers and shakers all at one time in my phone. That was all aha for me. Right, right. That, that, that set it off right there. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay. We got you in the trap seat right okay. now. Okay. All right. And um, in the trap seat, we like to cover something and do a little fun thing we call uh, trap blown, right? Okay. So trap blown, we want you to blow our minds, okay. which you already have with okay. amazing vocals, mm-hmm. uh, amazing stories. Right. I mean, are you not right, blown already? Right. right. All that. Yeah. <laughs> so now you have to get up a notch. Okay. Got it. All right. So trap blown. Give us, um, so we kind of cover uh, one or two or three things. We'll play around with it a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, what is uh, an amazing story through all your comings and goings of something like an amazing experience you've had just being Daniel Dickey? Like, mm-hmm. what is one of those moments where, like, yo, you wouldn't even believe I did this or I met whom or okay. I pulled this off? Okay. Give me one of those. Okay, I'm, so I can give you one or two of those. So one of those, that same year, 2007. Like, 2007, this is before I was the person that people know now as the guy, you know, this is before Atlanta figured out I was the guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um, me and my buddy Tier, 
we um you remember at this point now we know to treat the security guard like they are basically the done data of life and so um so we are we're at uh compound the legendary compound legendary and so we're uh we're there at compound and so you know my security guard you know dap up and let me in through the into the inner sanctums at every moment and so we're in now we are partying with michael jordan dominique wilkins uh, Damian Wilkins, uh, their son, Gerald Wilkins, um, Barkley, Oakley, they're all in this section. We're in this section with them. It's like 20 people in this section. And it's, you know, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of these NBA dudes, um, a bunch of these NBA dudes, you know, and some baddies, of course. You know what I'm saying? What, what are we doing <laughs> if that's not? And so Michael Jordan and a few of these guys, Jay, they are throwing $100 bills into the air in this section basically with mostly dudes, okay? Right. And so <laughs> me and my buddy Tierra, we sitting kind of across from each other in this section. Bro, we not here for this, okay? <laughs> Look, so listen, I know we both picked up thousands of dollars in cash, <laughs> like from on the ground, it was falling on us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so so Michael Jordan made it rain on right, you, yeah, yeah. And, and so and so Michael Jordan is from my hometown. You know what right. I'm saying? And so um and so and my dad had some affiliation with him. Uh, but we just moved to Atlanta. Some young dudes trying to figure it out. And yeah, shout out to Michael Jordan because he definitely hit me with the stimulus, the PPP before they were doing PPP. Um, so that was a that was I think that was a that was a moment of real hilariousness. And I, I was blown because I couldn't. First of all, I'm like yo, we left there with thousands of dollars, mind you. I mean thousands of dollars, like just and it was just falling on us. You know the move where something falls and you put your your foot on it and pull it to you. All that kind of stuff was happening with thousands of dollars. <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, give us an embarrassing <laughs> moment. I don't know if that's, like, if that borderlines, like. I mean, it's, it depends on your perspective. Right, right. You know right. It's a little blessing. Yeah, because that's the only way I could ever see that. Right. You know, anytime I'm, like, it's like, you know, you you, you, you say rain on me. And <laughs> that happened. It was thousands of dollars. Um, oh, my cheeks are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there was no shame and there was no embarrassment right, for right, us right. because I came with the dollar amount and I left with thousands of dollars more. <laughs> from MJ. Right, exactly. And, and, and you know, shout out to the NBA, exactly. Right. Um, oh, man. So, so there was one, um, I was able to um, actually through, the, through uh, doing a movie premiere, I was able to secure and create the partnership with Tyler Perry Studios and Hosea Be The Hungry. Mm -hmm. And Tyler gave the largest individual gift to Hosea Be The Hungry through this event that I produce. Wow. Um, so that was that was something that was super big cool. service. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah big service. Um, the fact that I got to meet Stevie Wonder and to hear Stevie Wonder say my name and like talk to me about music. That's or something big. Like that. Yeah, that was big. It's um, I got to um, what? So, so how does Stevie Wonder say your name? It was like, hey, Daniel Dickey, come here. Like, well, so, or, or so like, who's Daniel Dickey? Like, like t tell me that. Well, yeah. I'm one of those people just in general, people meet me and just fall in love with me. It's just a thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not doing anything but being myself, right. but I'm apparently lovable, you know what I'm saying? Right. Apparently, you guys are seeing this now, of course, all of you guys watching today. And so, like, and so, um, and so, I'm just, uh, and so, I met his daughter. She came to an event that we were doing, and I was like, listen, your dad is, the to me, the king of music. Like, I ain't even gonna do king of R&B or any of those things. I was like, your dad's the king of music, and I, as a vocalist, people have always said that I sound like Stevie Wonder. Um, and that kind of thing. So I was like, I would love to meet your dad at any moment that that opportunity exists. And sure enough, she called me. He was having dinner at Frank Ski's. Shout out to the OG Frank Ski. Um, when Frank Ski had Frank Ski's. Right. And it was, a, it was just us in this restaurant. And so, you know, so they were, you know, I came, uh, me and I don't know if I was with anyone or not, but uh, we came in. Um, and they were having dinner, and you know we played the bar. I want to walk up on Stevie Wonder all willy nilly, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so she was like, "Come on over here," and 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 he stood up to meet me. He shook my hand, did the little wrist thing like they say from Ray Charles, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she was told him about me. She was like, you know, he's like, you're a singer, and he was and he like said those things. 
Wow. I was like, oh, I am those things. If Stevie Wonder just said it, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So it was, that was like, uh, to me, that was like the golden fleece or something. Wow. But I've had a lot of those experiences, to be honest. Wow. So you got a young man from small town, mm -hmm. North Carolina, mm -hmm. uh, mostly uh, minority population, mm -hmm. for black people. Yep. Um, you go to this HS, uh, HBCU. Um, and that was the blackest experience of, of life for me. It was almost, it was culture shock. It was all of those what things. What HBCU? I went to Barbara Scotia College. Never heard of that. Yeah, Barbara Scotia College is right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it's a Presbyterian HBCU, and it's actually the school that Mary McLeod Bethune graduated from wow. to go on to create Bethune-Cookman. Uh, and it was also the school that Felicia Rashad's mother went to as well. Wow. And then awesome. me. So, you know, yeah, some, you, some right. all, alumni. All of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? So you did all that, and then to be in a position, because I know a lot of us, you know, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey, and a lot of us sit back at, at home. We're like, man, I'd love to meet such and such mm -hmm. one day. I'd love to meet such and such one day. And you're talking about, y'all you know, opened up for mm -hmm. a John Legend. Uh, I got rained on by Michael Jordan. Facts. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I met Stevie Wonder, yeah. right? And so many others. Um, and before I forget, I was going to say it for last. Before <laughs> I forget, because I, I forget, uh, even though my memory's pretty sharp. Yeah. But Kobe Morrison keeps me up at night. Right. Um, I, I got a story about you that I'm going to share. Okay. Right? It's your interview, but I'm going to share okay, your story yeah, real quick, right? It's, it's so, so my wife, uh, my wife's an actress, for those who don't know, right? Ernestine Morrison. And Daniel does represent us um, in a legacy center and brand management and, and some, you know, PR and kind of, kind of things. And um, so my wife's telling me a story about the BMF, the infamous Black Mafia family, okay. the BMF release party okay. Okay. for the, the new series BMF, sure. produced by G-Unit TV and Films, yep. uh, 50, holler at us, please. Yeah, please. Um, um, and uh, so she's telling me the story of the night, right, that our, our good friend Da Vinci, mm -hmm. who's uh, one, of the, one of the leads yep. on BMF, she's there at the party, and apparently um, you invited me like the day before, and right. I, was, I was out of town. Yep. And so you guys are at this Atlanta release of BMF, which was like epic, I heard. Yeah, the dopest premiere ever. Yeah, so I heard like Easily, everybody was far there. Far and away, like, dopest TV film premiere ever. Yes. So she's telling me like, I mean, I guess, name some of the celebrities that were there that night. I mean, just if just all of black excellence, like they were all there. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You just, name them, they, they, they were there. there. I okay. mean, just, I mean, at the premiere, that what's kind of one of the things that kind of made it leaps and bounds above every other premiere. Snoop Dogg performs, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so Snoop performs, Lil Duvall performs, Jeremiah performs, 50 performs, like, at a movie premiere, I mean, a TV show premiere. So, yeah, it, it killed it. Yeah, so, right, so here's a quick story. So, the Ernestine's telling me about the night. So, Ernestine got a picture with 50 Cent, right? 50, you know, gave her a hug and took a picture together. You're welcome, Ernestine. Right, so I watched 50's hand. 50's hand wasn't too low. It was right. up and proper, like, yeah, you know like what I'm saying? 50, I'm, 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 I'm respect. Um, yeah. yeah, respect, okay. So she's telling me about all that. And she goes, Daniel Dickey goes up to 50 Cent, right? This is Daniel Dickey. Yeah. Goes up to 50 Cent, like, take this picture, cuz. <laughs> like, hey, hey cuz, get this picture real quick. Right. <laughs> so mind you, majority of us, right, were meeting a major celebrity on his night right. of a major film. And you're probably thinking, and you're twitching, like, I want to get a pic. Hmm, what should I do? How should I approach him? Hmm, I should go to the manager, to the assistant. Right. Hey, please, uh, 50, do you mind? Yeah. Daniel Dickey goes, up to hey, come, 50. come yeah. take this pic real quick. Yeah, no, no. And not even a, it wasn't a selfie. It, it wasn't? Was, yeah, like, take this pic. Yeah, line it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was that. Yo, and, I busted out laughing, man. I said, oh, only Daniel Dickey will walk on, uh, <laughs> walk on the 50 and be like, take this pic, come. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, to me, it's just like, and, and so we, and I, and I have to I have these conversations with students. I have these conversations with my staff. I have, I have these conversations with people in general. It's like, people can only talk down to you if you think they're above you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Bars. Like, the, yeah, you know, so that's trap the, bars. Yeah. Uh oh, that's a new one. Yeah. Trap bars. Trap bars. I like it. I like trap it. bars. And so, like, people can only talk down to you if they're above you. And to me, my mindset has always been God and then me. Mm. There's no people above me. So it's like, so it's, I, I don't look at anyone in any way of any exaltation or any of those kinds of things. I love dope people and God keeps me surrounded by dope people. Mm. But they're all just people to me. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I mean, Stevie Wonder, that was me meeting, like, one of my GOAT legends. Right. You know what I'm saying? And 50 Cent is, is a GOAT, but he's not someone that, to, you know, he, he's not 
Yeah, he's not on any precipice or anything that is a, that, that I exalt. Right, you, you, yeah, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You man like a man. Yeah, exactly. You, you do your thing, I do my thing. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 like, we both lit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have more money than me, definitely. <laughs> Look, to be clear, you have way more money than me. But that's the only thing that you would ever have more than of than me because I'm a lot of person in, in, in my own self. That's amazing, man. That was, that was really two trap bars there. I love that bar of there's God mm -hmm. and then there's me. Exactly. That's, that's really a proper way to, mm -hmm. right, to, to, to look at the hierarchy of, exact uh, people. of, of life. Exactly, people, humanity. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. So so that was that was dope from Dan Dickinson. All right, so that was trap blown. Okay. okay. All right. Um, awesome. And so now as we're in a trap sheet, I need you to leave us, please. Okay. All this wisdom, all this big personality, you already gave us some major bars right there. Okay. Um, if someone, uh, speaking to your younger self, mm -hmm. and you, you kind of did it the right way based on what you told us today, mm -hmm. but speaking to someone that is either uh, in a position or some of the positions you faced yourself in mm -hmm. life that you might have made a right or wrong choice in, um, but someone that's going through mm -hmm. the cuff. Okay. Excuse me, going through the college trap mm -hmm. or going through the corporate trap, they find themselves at TJ Maxx okay. and they didn't get the bank offer. Or right. they're at the bank and they didn't think to believe on betting on mm -hmm. getting paid to be themselves. What's some advice you can give our audience today, a trap cheat sheet for how they can, you know, blow through, avoid, um, and get around these traps? All right, so I'll do two things. Um, so one thing is, um, is something I call the purpose algorithm. Okay. Okay. And it's something I created to, because it's like, it's, you know, I, I noticed with young people and with people in general, it's like a part of them is waiting on this audible voice to come and it is me and you should be a therapist. My child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. like they're just waiting on God's audible voice to, you know, give them something. Um, and so, but to me, I think unlocking purpose is easy. Mm. Uh, and, and I created this algorithm called the purpose algorithm. And the algorithm's components are helping others. That's number one. That's the first piece of the algorithm. Helping others plus your unique gifts, skills, and abilities equal your purpose. Mm. Okay, so the purpose algorithm is helpful um, because again, we were, I, I honestly think that we were put here, all put here to be the answers to each other's prayers. I agree. Okay, and so if you're, if you're not thinking about helping others, you won't ever unlock your purpose. And so helping others plus your unique gifts, skills, and abilities, the things that you learned, the things that are innate, your spiritual, your right. supernatural gifts, all those things should equal and, and put you into a place where you can unlock purpose. Uh, can I add to that? Yeah. Experiences. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your experiences help you. Exactly. Yep. In, that, in that same algorithm. Um, so the purpose algorithm is helpful. And then uh, my mindset in general is something I call the Kim Principle. And yep. the Kim Principle is my belief that if you are able to keep it moving forward positively and productively, no matter what comes your way in life, your good things, the things that you've earned, the things that God has for you, the things, the things that the universe, however, however you subscribe in that space, the things that are, that are for you will find their way to you. They will manifest right on your path. Right. You ain't gotta stab nobody in the back. You ain't gotta step on nobody's neck. You ain't gotta be hanging out the window. Uh, they, like they will find you. Exactly. Right. And so I think those are two things because for us, our mindsets be the reason a lot of times that we're trapped. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's about the way we go into things. It's about the way we look at our lives. And whether we like it or not, time is taking us forward. Time ain't waiting because you had a bad day. Right. Because you got a cold, because you missed your flight. Time doesn't right. care about any of those things. Because you were poor, because exactly. you were abused, because you went to prison, because you were on parole. None of that them. joint is the time that keeps yeah. you moving. Clock, it's so it's unforgiving. Yeah. It, tick tock, no matter what <laughs> is going on. And so if you can arm yourself with a mindset that is positive and productive and and is reverent to what is right on your path. You know what I'm saying? Your good things will find you. Wow. And it's and it happens to me in all the ways, like weird ways, like super weird ways. And it's but because I have that expectation now, it's not surprising. Because in life, you really are gonna reap what you sow. And people say that in a way that's condemning a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, 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 you did that, you're gonna reap what you sow. But there's nothing more hopeful to me than understanding mm. that what I put into life, I'm going to get back. Right. And it only is condemning if you know you've given out. Exactly. <laughs> bad energy. Exactly. And, and like bad scamming, robbing. Like, right. yeah. Like, so then you can't be surprised if those things happen to you. 
But I'm also not surprised when good things happen to me because I know what I bring. Right. You know, and so I think so. I think the purpose algorithm and the Kim principle are are things that anyone can can find something in, not related to any trade or any of those things, because we are Renaissance people. You know, yeah. again, we don't derive. We derive from the people who created everything. Right. You know, and so just understand that that's our truth, not these, not this, not the stuff that this country sells us. But our truth is a truth of innovation and excellence. That's our heredity. That's our. That's where we derive. And really owning that, you know what I'm saying, is going to be a key to unlocking and beating the trap. Absolutely, I love that. I want to um, pull one more thing out from okay. you because on, on that, I, I love it because. I try to think about the listener and the audience, even my prior experiences in life, mm -hmm. and just me having been exposed to so many people from mm -hmm. youth and, and, and just so many different areas of uh -huh. life. Uh, for the person that, uh, you know, might have gave up on their childhood dreams of those gifts and those mm -hmm. skills and all those things, and now was working or, or uh, maybe in college or, or, or coming home from prison, right, mm -hmm. in the, off the correctional trap. Mm -hmm. um, what is it that they can tangibly uh, do or to kind of reprogram that, that, that mindset that I don't have to be boxed in to just this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's been a whole lifetime of a system yeah. and families mm -hmm. programming them that, hey, you, you, you got, you know, don't risk doing all these other things. Mm -hmm. you, you got this safe, cool job or this one opportunity. What's one thing or, or whatever, whatever uh, the spirit gives you that, that, that they can do, that our audience can do to kind of propel them outside of being boxed into just one skill set, one gift, or one trade, or one job? Well, um, I, I think first it's understanding the truth of who we actually are. Like, I think that's the, the first one is just understanding our real and authentic and the truth of us, you know? Like, and so um, beyond that, I would say something that I think that any, anyone could do is to really go back and look at 12. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like everyone can go back and look at what they were thinking, what they were doing, what they were passionate about. Dreaming. Yeah, exactly, what they were dreaming about. Because the giver of our dreams, that's, that's our God. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that comes from a divine place. And when you're able to tap into your divine vibration, you will definitely, like the blessings will chase after you. Right. And that's for anybody. It doesn't matter whether you're in high school, in college, whether you went to prison, any of those things, because purpose is still yours. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And your purpose is still yours, and you'll and that'll never be forfeited, no matter what ups and downs you went through to get through that. So I always like to remind people, like I'm looking at Jay's book, the 12 step real estate process and the business crash course, but that age of 12. Mm. What were you thinking about at 12? What were you dreaming about at 12? What were you passionate about at 12? Because nine times out of 10, that's still something that people are getting paid to do now. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And you will do that and it will never be begrudgingly. Right. You know what I love too, as we wrap, uh, the fact that you said, even if I don't get paid to do it. Yes. That's if it's key. art, if it's sketching, if it's writing, if mm -hmm. it's, it's dancing, whatever it is. Yeah. Even just dancing. I don't got to give it up because I'm 40. And if I love yeah. dancing, yeah. do that because it might have another intangible benefit. Exactly. Or help unlock other gifts it does. within your life, paid it or does. not paid. It does. No, it definitely does. Like, just like, you know, I I can say I played basketball with Jamie Foxx. So here we go yeah, again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Big flex. Right. You know, like, and, 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 and all these A-list people, and it's just because I love playing basketball. And I also understand that the people around me that God's going to put around me are going to be people that dwell in a level of excellence or an, or there's a level of excellence I can help them unlock. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, family. So um, where can our audience go to tap in with Daniel Dickey, the Resource Guild, and, and all the amazing things you have to offer the world? So Where can they find you? Uh, so they can find me on all social media platforms at Mr. Mr. Daniel Dickey. Um, very findable in that space. Uh, you can find out about how to tap into what our agency is up to at theresourceguild.com. Um, yeah, there you go. All that. Listen, guys, you want to be inspired, motivated, look at somebody, an amazing life. Daniel Dickey, uh, the only man in the world to play basketball with Jamie Foxx, meet Stevie Wonder, get rained on by Michael Jordan. <laughs> All... <laughs> <laughs> and open up for John Legend all in one lifetime yeah. in real life. Uh, tap into my brother right here, an amazing man. And uh, thank you for visiting us in the trap. Listen, I appreciate being in the space. You know what I'm saying? You know, and just and I appreciate just 
all that Jay Morrison brings to the world. Uh, I am a Jay Morrison fan. Thank you, um, and you know, you know, I teach you about being PJ, yeah. you know, the polarizing figure that you are. What's but, PJ stand for? Tell uh, them. Polarizing Jay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, people, you know, J, you know, Pete. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. It's, it's, uh, and this is, uh, I guess, another trap bar. But no one who's ever achieved greatness did that without any naysaying, without any adversity, and those kinds of things. So it's like you have to understand that if that's what you, if that's what your path is taking you to, you have to understand that you're gonna go through a valley to get to that mountaintop. And so you got to keep that with you when you're going through, when you're on your ups or on your downs. Absolutely, absolutely. And so this is Daniel Dickey, guys, aka 82%, because that's his ratio on the court. Buckets, yeah. In real life, yeah. right? I, he's yeah. not perfect, but he's shooting 82. Yeah, active <laughs> and shooting a good percentage. In fact, when people ask me how I'm doing, I t I've taken the word busy out of my vocabulary completely. Yeah. Because busy is, that's what a lot of people are doing who aren't doing anything they were passionate or purpose to do. A lot of times people are busy. They work in these corporate jobs and can lose that job in any moment. So now you're so busy, now you're empty. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, so I'm active and shooting a good percentage, and that's my real life. All right, guys, um, I'll see you all on the next episode of How to Beat the Trap. Make sure you go follow Daniel Dickey, um, a trap, uh, a trap super beater in real life. All right, guys, tap in. Peace. This podcast is sponsored by the, the Legacy, Legacy Center. Center in Atlanta, Georgia, a.k.a. The Black Your House. legacy starts here. Welcome to the Legacy Center, a 30,000 square foot Class A office space event and media facility. We are equipped with over an acre of outdoor space on our beautiful lawn, 20,000 square feet of warehouse and studio space. From fashion shows to baby showers, use our space to incubate your business, host your event, film your production, comedy shows to seminars to conferences to weddings. The Legacy Center has all of your event needs covered. We offer high-speed internet through the building, TVs with webcams for live stream access, private offices for small businesses, an upscale classroom, a cafe, and sleek conference rooms. Schedule a tour with us today. Visit us at www.legacycenter.com. You are the leader and the CEO of your last name.